Bills and Dolphins clash for the top spot in the AFC. Who would emerge victorious and who has some soul searching to do? Bengals, Titans. Will Burrow's calf continue to hold back this high powered offense? Tay Tay and the Swifties roll into New York. Could Kelsey and the Chiefs demolish and thrash these New York football Jets? Cowboys at home against the Patriots and San Fran playing in the desert in Arizona. How will these matchups affect the Cowboys 49ers next week? All that and more as Sunday Scaries with Bucks McGee wraps up week four in the NFL. Welcome back to Sunday Scaries with Bucks McGee and my right-hand man, Nutmeg, Nutmeg to Palmetto. Week four, ending on a crazy note, but a lot of interesting stories going into this week and don't know what to say, sir. How you feeling? Week four and what a week four it was. There was a lot of things that happened. And some things that uh, <laughs> we could otherwise leave on the sideline, but there's a lot of little storylines one way or the other. It was a great Sunday. Very exciting, you know, week four, you know, some some interesting games, a little, little personal action there. But overall, it was a good time. How did you enjoy it? Um, well, I had I, I wasn't too thrilled with my TV selection. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but yeah, I the games were good. Games were yeah. good on TV. I, I'm I'm very upset, honestly, the way so far this season's gone with the way Sunday games have gone. It seems like the last two weeks have been very, very stale. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm almost like kind of glad that there are a little itty bitty, a lot of itty bitty storylines we could touch on because mm-hmm. we didn't have the uh, uh, benefit of having a lot of stuff to really dig our teeth into. <clears throat> But the true, true. the first topic, of course, that we should touch on is the aftermath of this AFC clash between Miami and Buffalo, and it got start. It got off to the start we expected to. They exchanged touchdowns back and forth. It was tied fourteen. Mm-hmm. We're thinking, oh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a blow. This is gonna be a super score, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, this uh. This Bills Dolphins game, like you said, back and forth. I'm thinking the game's going to hit 50s. I'm thinking both teams are going to hit 50s. It was an unreal. Then all of a sudden, it seems like Miami just said, "You know what? We don't want to score anymore. This is fun." You know, we we scored 70 the week before. 20 take, spot is good. Let's take a week off. <laughs> you know, let's let someone else have some fun. And yeah, um, Buffalo came to play. I can't I can't knock them. They they came with a chip on their shoulder. And I think Miami kind of just kind of just sauntered in like, hey, we put up 70 nut last week. We'll probably put up 45. It just didn't feel they didn't feel like they had urgency what? overall. And I don't know. Very weird. Very weird. I just got a bad vibe from them. It just didn't feel like they were in it like like Buffalo was. Buffalo from right from the start. You could just feel the energy in the stadium. Do you think it was as simple as just not coming out with urgency, or are there actually issues with the Dolphins that were kind of unmasked and unmasked, and they need something? They need uh, to work on these. I just think they didn't come to play. I, I just felt like they were just off. I don't think it's anything horrible or something off with the offense because let's be realistic. Even though it was Denver, you put up seventy points in any game, you, you've got to be clicking. So I just think they came in kind of flat and. You know, Buffalo took advantage. Buffalo, I think, also kind of read the press and, you know, no one really believed that they were ready to go. You know, they they beat Washington and everyone was like, oh, okay, it's Washington. No one still believes in Washington yet. So I think they came in and wanted to make a statement. They were home. They needed this game, I think, a little more than Miami did. Yeah. And – and they proved it. They proved that they're they are a team to, to reckon with, especially in this division. So, at the end of the day, Miami was just flat. 
maybe they needed to get smacked down to earth a little bit just mm. so they know that, you know, it is a long season and one seventy point game doesn't, you know, doesn't give you a Super Bowl berth, you know? Yeah. We're we're humility with pride. <laughs> Exactly, because one week you're the 70 team, the next week you're the 20 team. Yeah. So do you think that uh, Buffalo shook off any doubts that you had so far on them? I need back-to-back games. Okay. Like, they don't have to put up, you know, 50-point games. <laughs> no, they have to put up, like, close to 50 each game. But they need to play this way against quality opponents on a consistent basis, you know. So I think – you know, if they do this next week, then, hey, you know what? Buffalo's back. You know, everything's hunky-dory between, you know, Allen and Stefan. Everyone's hugging it out. Life is good. And everything is right. But if they stumble again, then it's – there's something that's just not clicking. You just can't turn it on and off. Right. Especially in the AFC. Speaking of things that aren't clicking in the AFC, <laughs> the, uh, the Titans – had that we, we we took the chargers to the woodshed when they lost that uh close game that comeback against the titans mm-hmm. um that was not even remotely an option sunday's titans match against the bengals because the bengals didn't get the bus they didn't show up they got blown off the door that that little fool's gold we got on monday night with them coming out all hot to trot against the rams Obviously, the Bengals still are not totally right. So what is wrong with this team? <laughs> I have no idea. This, like you said, they didn't get off the bus. I don't even know what I don't even know what that team was. In watching the highlights, I, I don't know if they just grabbed a high school team and said, here, dress up as the Bengals and let's see what happens. This was rough. Now, if Joe is really hurt, if this calf thing is really worse than what it is, just sit him. Like yeah. just sit him. There's no reason for him to be out there. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be. You know, Willis Reed coming off the bench and winning your games. You know, because this is just gonna progressively get worse if he's playing on it. If he's not right, sit him. You paid the man all this money. You're expecting him to wear your jersey for the next ten to fifteen years. Sit him, because right now there is no offense. They look horrible. Yeah. They just can't get out. I don't know what it is. They just look really bad. And if this continues another two, three weeks, you don't even have to worry about playing him anymore. You'll be out of the playoffs. Out of huh? Let's be realistic. Yeah. And especially like if he's not going to get you by just on guile. Like if you're going to lose anyway, if you're going to lose anyway, like you said, just let him sit and get right. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to push this. What are you going to limp with him into the playoffs? And then all of a sudden it's so bad that he can't even play the wild card because that's what you're looking like. You might get a wild card. So you limp into the wild card, get waxed by whoever, and then your weekend was a your your season was a failure. Let's be realistic. Yeah. Because the expectations now for Cincinnati are not what they used to be. Yeah. So if the calf is bad, sit him. I know fans don't want to hear that, and you have all these expectations, but you've got to be real about it too. If he's not right, you're gonna hurt him farther down the road. Yeah, Cincinnati is no longer the we're just happy to be here team. You you have to you have to plan to win at least two playoff games every year, have a chance at the Super Bowl, if not in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the Titans weren't weren't epic today. They they beat a hapless Bengals team that just didn't have it. Now, if this was the Bengals last year, everybody's hundred percent and it's Joe ready to go, then hey. I'll give you all the credit in the world, but hey, a win's a win. You got to give the Titans yeah. whatever because nobody knows what they're going to be. No one knows what next year is going to bring for this team. This is Tannehill's last hurrah. Hill, I mean Henry was Henry was decent. He finally got going a bit, but it's the Titans. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to take the double A from them, but at the same time, this this team is is still not good. I'm, I'm, I'm there's nothing about this team that scares me. They're just like you said, they're just taking advantage of a Bengals team that ain't right. Right, exactly. Um, next topic. Well, sir, um, do you want to take a few moments to pump your chest out a little bit? Oh, are we talking about the um, <laughs> NFC South leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, uh, oh, they went down to that New same, Orleans. 
that same division leading Buccaneers that is now halfway to the mystical six wins. <laughs> oh yeah, six wins at best. Oh yeah, they're going to be in. They're going to be in play for the number one pick. Blah blah blah. Baker Bay is real. If you had doubts after four games, shame on you. Baker, three touchdowns. The man is incredible. I don't care what you say. The man plays with heart. Everyone was ready to crown the Saints, you know, division champs. Carr is blah, blah, blah. First, I was surprised he played because, yeah. you know, early, earlier in the week, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be Jameis. Even though Jameis did get in, everyone was like, Jameis is going to play. So with Carr in, I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And the Saints just, they don't look right at all. There, there's some issues there. I don't know what it is. Carr looks no better than he did when he was with the Raiders. Uh, second half, they're able to run the ball a little bit, but there's, I don't know, that team doesn't seem right. Yeah. Mike Evans got hurt, you know, a hamstring, but I liked the way the Bucks played the second half with the three receiver set. They're a little smaller, a little quicker. I don't think the Saints could match up well with them. And Baker does what Baker does. Baker does. Baker, does. Baker bakes. And Baker bakes to a three and one. So gonna enjoy this. Everybody rest up a bit, but it was a hell of a game. I'll take it any day of the week. They can get good, I think, towards the end of the year. This could be a team that no one wants to play. You know, they're tough and gritty, and I think they love that Baker brings that. You know, he's he's able to move in the pocket and get those hard first downs. I'm loving what I'm seeing. So we'll see what happens. Three and one. I'm just going to enjoy this one right now. Did you – um? so you had identified the running game as the weak link. Did, did, were you impressed uh, – or sat, no, I shouldn't say impressed. Were you satisfied enough? Uh, to kind of calm any fears from Monday night? No. Um, it was nice, but I think there needs to be more consistency in the run game. There definitely has to. Like, this can't be the height of the run game. I, like, I can't look back 17 weeks and say, wow, that game week four against the Saints, that's where we were at our best. Uh, White really needs to, you know, run more north-south. I think sometimes he just stops and looks for the holes. I think he just needs to see a hole and just hit it. Yeah. And I think he started he started to do that today. And I also liked them when they, you know, put him out at receiver. I think that um, opens up the offense as well. So I think they need to use him in the passing game a little more. So I think overall, it's a good start. Good start, but there's a lot more growth that needs to happen. Uh, Mike, Mike's got to be healthy. If he's not, then we'll go with this three-receiver route and see what happens. But – Baker gives them gives them some edge, and that defense was incredible. Winfield, I'm telling you right now, when that man's contract comes up, they need to give him the moon and the stars. Mm. He is one of the best safeties in the league, no doubt. He played incredible today. Um, Derek Carr's decision to play was a little bit of an 11th-hour decision. Did, do you think he was rushed back? Do you think this was more like, I want to be out there for pride, and he probably should not have been out there? Yeah, I don't – because you kind of saw as the game progressed, there was a lot of Taysom Hill for like three or four plays. Then Carr would come in for a couple. I don't know if that was by design or if Carr's, you know, shoulder was bothering him. If he wasn't 100%, you don't put him out there. Like, you just don't do it. It's one game. It's the same thing. It's like almost like the Burrow situation. If he's not right, don't put him out. You can trust Winston to run that offense for a couple games if you have to. He ran it last year. You know, he's got a solid arm. You give him a chance. I just think they were just off. It didn't work right. I think they felt by Kamara just coming back today that everything was going to be good and they were going to be this dynamic offense. They shut down Olave. Olave was very much non-existent this whole game, and he's their deep threat. He was non-existent. So I just felt that they should have probably rested him for rest him today. Like, if he's not right, he's not right. But the Saints are prideful, and when you you know we you know the week leading up to this matchup is always interesting because you hear Cam Jordan you know talking his little bit. You got the Lattimore Evans storyline, so there's a lot of stuff in this matchup. So I think yeah, a lot of it was probably pride, and I think with Carr, he wants to perform for this team. I don't think it's a bat. I don't think he's doing it for himself. He wants to be there for the team, but he's got to understand that it's 17 games. One game won't hurt you. The next game, of course, uh, we just talked your team, so we got to talk my team. And um, this is one of those games that I hinted at in the preseason where mm -hmm. just just play hard, 
stay in it. Let me let let me see let me see some toughness and grit out of this team. Mm-hmm. We're probably you know I, I you know yeah I beat my chest a little bit that we were in first place, but in a in a in a bigger picture perspective, we're probably not going to win the division. Just play hard. Let me see some good stuff. Let me see some stuff to be hopeful for next year and make me not want to jump ship and you know rock Panthers blue or something. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Um, we, you talked about that and you said you want, you always wanted those games where these guys, especially with AR, you were just, we're going to grind it out in this game. I was impressed with them. I really yeah. was. I mean, to cut you off, but I was impressed with the Colts today. Very, very, very much so. Especially because we are not the type of team or the type of offense to go shot for shot with a high scoring offense, which the Rams, despite their willful offensive line are very, have, very much been a high flying offense so far mm-hmm. this year. Um, mm-hmm. So we are not built to do that. So the fact that we dug ourselves a massive hole, stayed in that hole, and then climbed back, climbed back, climbed back to the point where we we're going in overtime and we could have very easily t- taken this game. So that, that it's like, okay, you know what? When, if the Colts are going to win any games this year, it's, it's games that are going to be ugly. And just despite the fact that you don't necessarily classify a 20 point comeback as ugly, it did wind up being kind of an ugly game. So it's an L, whatever, reset at two and two. Uh, we got Tennessee coming up. We got Jacksonville coming up as they come back from London, from the London trip, uh, which will be, which the game was, uh, you and I will be at. And um, I, I think all things considered, this is not a bad place to be. No, not at all. I think you would have taken two and two in a heartbeat. Uh, I like the way they came back at the end of the game. It, I believe it's different because of the quarterback you have now. You've never had a quarterback like this. Mm-hmm. So I think this adds to that dimension. It just shows that for next year, you've got to get them some serious playmakers. Yeah. And I think, you know, a more athletic tight end, you know, a couple, you know, big physical type receivers, and you guys you will make some noise. Hopefully, you know, can sign a, a running back that's kind of floating around and will be will be activated on Wednesday. That actually wants to be here. <laughs> hey, hey, you, maybe this game sways them. You never know. But overall, you guys played well. You played hard, and that's what you look for in a team that you're building and developing. So. Yeah, I hope he does change his mind. Obviously, um, but he so far he has been steadfast that he's done playing in a Colts uniform. So obviously I'm hoping something changes here, but of course I'm going to hold my breath until Wednesday passes and see if he's actually in practice. <laughs> if not, you get those picks and you build and move on. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, that's that faith that Orca man is going to actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> the Orca man. <laughs> um, so this next game, this is one that we um, kind of, we, we spent a little bit on, time on in the pregame but overall kind of we're not big on it we figured philly would just roll but washington gave them a fight and sam howell looked like a very competent nfl starting quarterback so what do we take out of this game is it a situation where washington maybe washington is this pretty decent team that can make some teams lives hell or do we take out of it okay dilly has some definite dents in the armor that need to be addressed um i think you can go both ways uh, Philly still doesn't, still hasn't to me, hasn't put together a complete game yet. Mm-hmm. And Jalen just doesn't look right in the pocket. Like there, it just seems like something is off. It just there isn't that flow that they had last year, uh, like that play in overtime when um, they called the intentional grounding, <laughs> and just and he literally just leaned back and whipped it across. Like I don't think he would have done that last year. Yeah. It just seems like there's something that isn't there, and I, I can't figure it out. Do, do you think he's missing Shane Steichen? Do you think it's just a, uh, a something as simple as a different coordinator? Now he has to get used to someone else's tendencies? It could be. It could be he's not used to what they're asking him to do. Uh, it's it's very weird. It just – like when you see him in the pocket, it just, it just feels robotic almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not right. I don't know what it is. And hopefully for them in the next couple of weeks, they'll have that game where, you know, he puts up 315 and they still can run for over 100 because like last week, their offense and defensive lines are there. But if if it's going to if this is what's going to come to pass the way they play today, 
they're they're ripe for for an upset and and yeah. some losses. Yeah. Uh, Washington, fun to watch, man. Sam Howell, man, I like that kid. He's just he's got touch on the ball. I love the play calling. I think Bienemy is what that franchise needed. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, especially in the preseason, how Bienemy leaving the Col- leaving the Chiefs, how that would affect both franchises. And I think you kind of see it in the Chiefs, how their offense is kind of stagnant. And for me, I truly believe Bienemy was the offensive mind there. I really do. I, I'm, that's just what I think. I know Andy Reid gets all the kudos, and rightfully so, but I think Bienemy was the mind there, really. And you you saw that today in Washington. The way, you know, the, the plays that were drawn up were great. It fits that offense. Howell was able to deliver some balls on a dime, and you kind of feel it with that franchise where it's like they're coming out of the fog for everything that's been there for the last few years with everything that's going on. Yeah. And I think they're going to be a team that people are going to have to really watch out for. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the one, I mean, I, I kind of side more towards Andy Reid being like the the Sean McVay type, the what's like trying to think of another coach that always call it, that always calls their own plays, Frank Reich. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like, it, it's kind of almost like a territorial thing. Like you're an offensive mastermind. You're always going to want to call the plays. But the mm-hmm. one thing I will say, the feather I will put in your cap, is that Andy Reid historically is more of a West Coast spread it around type of guy. And obviously the Chiefs with Mahomes were very much downfield, home run, uh, mm-hmm. big big bomb type of offense. So that will kind of side more towards your theory that the enemy was the play caller. But Washington, give them credit. They took, yeah. they took it to the limit. So Philly's got to watch out. Philly really has to watch out and kind of tighten some things up because if not, there are some teams in the NFC that, that I think can take them. Yeah. Uh, next up, another NFC team, the Minnesota Vikings finally won a game. <laughs> like, like they didn't deserve to win this game. Like, I, it was Carolina gave it to them. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a weird game right from the start because Minnesota drives down the field. It's looking like they're in control. Carolina picks them off in the goal line and goal go at the goal line and runs it back all the way. Uh, and then and that hit that hit that that dude put that, that Kurt took. I give Kurt credit in the world for running down there and trying to stop him. But you're a quarterback, <laughs> man. You sometimes you just gotta let it be. Slow your roll. <laughs> exactly. Live, live to throw the ball another day. Yeah. Seriously. Um. And Jettis got into the Jay Jettis got in the action, um, and but they were still down. And the, the turning point was Minnesota taking their turn at running back, a defensive miscue as Bryce fumbled it, and they get a touchdown off of that. Jay Jettis shows 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 up again, and Minnesota uh, puts the lead away and holds on to the rest of the game. So, do you think there is any point in salvaging this season for Minnesota, or are we still on the Kurt? the Kirk Cousins trade watch. If I'm Kurt, man, just tell me where you, where I can go. No. Okay, they won the game. Hooray, you beat Carolina. You should have beat them. Let's yeah. be honest. This is a team that you should that you should beat. This isn't a team that, you know, is set for, you know, gritty wins. They're not Washington yet. No. Okay, they they've got a young quarterback, you know, and they're trying to build up their culture and the whole thing. The Vikings should have won this game. Yeah, they did, but it wasn't it wasn't anything dominating or something to say, okay, I think they got something going now. No, if I'm Kurt, I'm like, okay, just a matter of time before they trade me. They need to trade him because if you let him walk, you have nothing. Let's be realistic. It's time to break it down and rebuild it. And if Jeff and if Jettis doesn't like that, then hey, you know, you you get a small fortune for him too. I am one who believes that, hey, you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do for your franchise. You really have to do. You have to think long term. And if Kurt isn't gonna come back and you don't plan on signing him and someone's willing to give you a decent piece for him, then you go ahead and do that. Well because right, right now they're not they're not winning that division. There's no, no way. It's funny because Jay Jettis did have a very cryptic uh, post um, the week he- heading into these heading into this game. 
where he said, I wish my quarterback was Kenny Pickett or something like that. I don't know if I go that far, but like why post it at all? Because even though you're even though you were winless at the time, Kirk Cousins was still getting you the ball. <laughs> yeah, if you're asking for Kenny Pickett, yeah. Um look and see what happened today. I don't know if you're asking for Kenny Pickett. Yeah. <laughs> but um Yeah, see you need to be careful. And now if I'm Kurt and that's legit, okay, send just get me out. I'll leave now. All right, good luck. Good luck with whoever they whatever they bring in here. Because yeah. you're not going to get the balls that I was throwing you. So you yeah. know what? Send me to New York. Go ahead. Yeah. New York should be the place he goes. You don't like Send me? Him. Have fun. You don't like me? Have fun with Zach Wilson. <laughs> yep. Peace out. Just give him Zach a bag of balls and some Gatorade. I'm out. Because <laughs> get ready. You'll see one pass. One if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. Ridiculous. I don't know where to start with this game. The Justin Fields actually looked like the Justin Fields the Bears thought they were drafting today. Got off to a super hot start, had the Bears up, and this Bears defense is definitely not the Bears defense of, that we're used to seeing because they put up a donut as the second half wore down as the fourth quarter got underway. And Russ looked like, he did he, for whatever reason, he looked like vintage Russ. And they had this furious comeback. They stormed over the back. They got the dub, and I guess we can't make fun of the Broncos like we used to. <laughs> or oh, not, no, not like it, I shouldn't say oh, not like we used to, no but like we way. have been. No, no, no. <laughs> they beat the Bears. Really? Really? They beat the Bears. You're going to tell me that, the, that Russ is cooking and Russ is back because he beat the Bears in that putrid defense? The Bears have – if you watch the Bears this season, literally every game, they may have two series where that defense looks good. After that, they're a hot mess. Someone's always hurt, going to the locker room, coming back. There's always something going on. No, they beat the Bears. There, There is no way Russ is cooking. Nutmeg, you could cook. You could cook against the Bears, my friend. All right? I'll give you 21 for 32, two tutties, and five yards rushing. I'll give you that. Come on. And, that's, and that says something because you're the quarterback on our team. I'm just your CMC. You know, I will give you that. And hooray for Russ. For a whole week now, he can walk around and be like, yeah, let's ride, blah, blah, blah. And then in two weeks, we're going to be saying the same thing. Like, no, I can't take anything from this. It was two horrible teams. Someone had to win. And they pulled it out because the Bears choked it away. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm telling you to trade me. I don't want to be there. Like, let's be real. Like, Justin Fields, like, I sat and I really thought about this. I'm like, you know what? Justin isn't that bad. That team around him is horrible. They're about to get rid of freaking Chase Claypool. He didn't even play today. Yeah. They're saying he's either, they're either going to suspend him or they're going to ship him out. If, if, that's, if that's what's going on on this team, it's just a matter of time before Justin's like, you know what? I'll finish off my contract and someone's going to sign him and turn him into a superstar. Yeah. So, hooray, Russ. But no, I can't. I can't give. I can't give them anything. No. If if anything, it was just proof that Pey maybe Peyton really isn't just tanking for for Caleb. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. A quick side note: anyone who watched that USC Colorado game, that Caleb Williams is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. I think he can end up better. That kid is legit. That's all I gotta say. Legit. But anyways, yeah, Russ, whatever, don't care. No, 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 no. Uh, real quick on the next game because it wasn't very competitive and neither one of these teams really, I don't think, has much of postseason aspiration. But it was J.J. Watt day down in Houston and uh, the Texans came out to play. And I figured like the way the Steelers have been looking, yeah, they don't look great. Yeah, Kenny Pickett leaves a lot to be desired at times. But, you know, the Texans being what they are, they should be able to take care of business. Their defense, the Steelers' defense, is still playing, looking like at least some semblance of of Pittsburgh defenses of old. But Houston came. Houston is not looking like the role much, much like my Colts. Houston's not looking like the rollover that we thought they would be. Not at all. Um, D'Amico Ryan's has this team playing. Uh, these guys believe that they can win any game, and they proved it again. Uh, like you said, I thought. Pittsburgh was going to handle business. I've, 
you know, because we all drink the Pittsburgh Kool-Aid because we feel, you know, with Tomlin never having a losing record and all this, this was this, this is the second year of Pickett and all these guys, and, you know, they're going to get it together. And, nope, Houston said, all right, all right, you guys are coming in, and they handled business. Um, C.J. Stroud is the real deal. Yeah. I really think so. I think he's broken the Ohio, Ohio State curse. <laughs> uh, I think he is the one who has done this, and he's he's good. I think he's kind of playing with a slight chip on his shoulder. I think he truly believes he should have been the number one quarterback mm-hmm. taken. And right now, he's making a, he's making a strong case for that. Bryce, yeah, by the way Bryce is struggling. I don't know how much to blame on Bryce because his offensive line can't block a bag of potatoes, but. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, CJ is CJ is he's, he's looking like the goods right now. CJ's legit, and those guys are playing hard. Uh, hey, you give them the credit; they they handled Pittsburgh. You know, everyone was picking Pittsburgh to you know make some noise this year. Uh, well, not right now. Right oh. now, they're licking wounds, and they've got to figure it out. Yeah, oh, call this this Texan season hashtag justice for Lovey. <laughs> exactly. Lovey, Lovey's going, yeah, uh-huh, all right. <laughs> Lovey Smith, man, much love. Um, Another game we'll touch on quick, and it was kind of, it was another blowout. The Ravens really thrashed the Browns, but a lot of this was because Deshaun Watson at the 11th hour, much like Derek Carr was in, Watson was very much out at, you know, right, right, pretty much right before game time. So do you, do you just, do you have any kind of grain of salt with this, or is it just kind of like, Whatever they thrashed him because Cleveland didn't have a starting quarterback. When did Watson? When did you know that? Okay, maybe my shoulder isn't right. Like all of a sudden, like you knew the shoulder was off. Like if I'm a team, I we need to know. Like you, you've got to know by like Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, is the shoulder right? Is it not? It just seems like they didn't have a backup plan, and the backup guy just did the job. Yeah. And so to your, to your point, I mean, that says a lot and not so much in a positive way about Deshaun Watson's leadership. You get you give your teams four hours notice that you're not going to play. <laughs> yeah, You know why? Because that contract's guaranteed. He don't care. That's right. Yeah, that's being realistic. He's like, I'm not. Oh, man, am I going to miss some money? No, he's like, my checks are coming regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's Cleveland is whatever. Cleveland is all right, at this point. Great defensive team, but offensively, they're mm, without you know Chubb being there. I don't like Watson. I don't think Watson is Chubby. what he used to be. Chubby, poor Chubb. <laughs> hope he's getting hope he's getting better. But yeah, Watson is not what he used to be. This team is just gonna be there. I don't I don't know what what is gonna happen at the end of the season with this team. But yeah, you if you knew your shoulder wasn't right, you just should have said something. And just did the right thing and let the team know ahead of time. I'm I'm sitting. Let's get some. You know, let's get the backup in. Let's get this right. And they just looked the fool. Yeah. Um. Another game to touch on quickly. The Chargers did take care of business. The final score probably looks a little closer than most people would expect, but there's mm-hmm. a pretty good reason for that. And this is one of those games that you can throw the label of, yeah, we won, but at what cost? On because. Justin Herbert's looking like he may have busted up his hand a little bit. Um, it, so, what do you kind of take? And Justin Herbert still put up a pretty good game. He scored a couple touchdowns on the ground. He threw one through the air. So he he went out and did his work. But like, if, if Justin Herbert's hand's not right, this is a team that looked like they had kind of corrected some ills from earlier in the season. Now you've got a lot more ills to deal with, and probably more significant ones. <laughs> I don't know if I don't. I think they lucked out in those wins. Um, we, as we've always said, you know, Staley's Staley's on the clock. Mm-hmm. So now let's say, let's say Herbert's out for a couple games. Let's say they lose those games. Do you can you can you blame Staley? You yeah. know, your your franchise guy isn't there. You got to put in the backup. You know, is it? So I think. From the way Herbert looked, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. I, I think it'll be all right. I don't think it's anything too serious. They'll, you know, make sure he's good to go. But, you know, they won. Uh, he's still on the hot seat to me. He's, they have not had a clean game from beginning to end where, you know, he hasn't made some kind of weird call or just, you know, screwed something up. I still think 
unless they make the playoffs and make a deep run, I think he's getting bounced personally. So you don't think any potential lingering injury injury to Herbert is enough is a is a real get out of jail free card for Staley? No, because I'm sure he'll make some calls that'll just screw something up with, for for the next guy up. Like I just I don't. Um, I think he's got a track record enough where it's just they don't know who who, who would replace him. I guess Kellen Moore would be the guy. You know, I've Come out of said, retirement. You know, Come out of retirement. <laughs> he's coaching somewhere. I'd pull him. But, like, it's the point now of do they really believe in him? Like, you haven't heard anything yet, but I think behind closed doors they're like, just just one more mess up, one serious one, and then there you go. Then the clock starts. Yeah. <laughs> so a win, they win, you know, you make sure Herbie's hand is right, and then you just go on. And hopefully they can kind of put something together. You hopefully, you know, Eckler's back next week. Yeah. You know, that's that's been a big thing for them. Hopefully yeah. he's back. And don't rush him. I think if you need to give him a one more week, then you do that. Well, fortunately for both Eckler and Herbie, next week's the bye. Oh, see, so at that point, week six, they should be raring to go. Just yeah, to honestly, just let them sit for two weeks. Have them do nothing but, uh, you know. I don't want to say mm-hmm. classroom, but, you know, sit two no, exactly. meetings and that sort of thing. Don't even have them on the practice field. They don't need to practice. Just let's let no. them rest and get their bodies right. Exactly, because I don't think they can go another week with Kelly as the as the starter. <laughs> Kelly. He's, that's that's he's, I thought I thought he was better, and I guess he wasn't because he's just like I guess he's a complimentary back at best. I don't. He just can't carry carry a full load. It's just not his thing. Yeah. Uh, another one to just touch on quickly because mm-hmm. the Niners, as expected, very much took care of business in the Cardinals uh, in in the desert, and the Cardinals did put up a little bit of a fight. But I think that I think the Niners obviously proved themselves to be far above the Cowboys, <laughs> and well, this is just a a bit of a, a example to pay homage to CMC absolutely going bonkers in this game. <laughs> Yeah, that was just like, all right, um, what else is on TV? Okay. Um, though I would have watched that game over, over the, the other. Over the Dallas game. <laughs> over, the, over that Dallas junk that I was forced to. I, I, I literally, by like mid-third quarter, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't do this. I would just like walk in and out of a room because it was just that bad. Um, so do you think do you think Dallas walked into Arizona and was just like, Oh, we're gonna win this, no problem. Oh yeah. Or was it that San Fran said, "Okay, we don't want to be Dallas, so let's make sure we do what we do." I, I mean, I think there is something to that thought that the Niners think, like, "Okay, we don't want to happen to us what just happened last week with the Cowboys." But I, th- I, I think the Niners are very much, and you said it either a couple weeks, I think a couple weeks ago, that the Niners have in their mind. This is like this is we have to do this now. We have to win now. So there, mm-hmm. I think there's a more of an urgency. So they're less prone to having slip ups as opposed to Dallas. That's just how Dallas lives is by slipping up. How, so that, you- that being <laughs> that being said, like I do think I, I I do I I would agree with Dallas last week. I think they just walked in and said, "Oh, it's the Cardinals. We're going to win this. Why do we need to take it seriously?" So you think. San Fran is more of a business type operation, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and the Cowboys are like, "Woohoo, college trap boy, good time, we're gonna win!" And then yeah. they get blown out by Appalachian State Week yeah. One. <laughs> that 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 and the fact that <laughs> I mean, you know, Purdy is uh, Purdy has no ego on him. You know what I mean? He, he's true. He's not a star quarterback. He's played very well, obviously, but he's mm-hmm. not um, him by himself. He's not this like superstar, hundred million dollar quarterback. So there's no ego about him. Uh, gotcha. CMC's happy. He's not miserable like he was in Carolina. Uh, and I, I think that there, I, I think Shanahan is has something to prove in his coaching career. So I, I, I think the Niners are very much uh, a kind of that takes business serious type of team. All right, cool. All right. Um, the, these aforementioned Cowboys you brought up. <laughs> uh, I mean. Dallas, as far as Dallas is concerned, they did what they were supposed to do. But I mean, the Patriots are in a down 
a, a down note and uh, Dallas thrashed them as, as they really should. So I'll, I'll ask you a very important question. Yes. Do you think that Bill Belichick is not all that he was hyped up to be all these years and he was just coasting on the fact that he had Tom freaking Brady as his quarterback? Wow. The- We've gotten enough evidence now in the last few years with Bill Belichick on his own and, you know, capitalized by this disaster in Dallas Sunday um, that I think we can ask the question. I think we could start to ask the question now. Like what, how, how much of that bill magic was really bill's magic? The ye old question that kind of rivals the, was it what came first, the chicken, the chicken or the, the egg? egg? <laughs> was it bill or was it Tom? I've always said, and I'll take this to the end that it was Tom. I'm not going to sit here and say otherwise. Bill's a great defensive mind. There's no doubt about it. But if you look at what has happened, it's he makes decisions now based on his ego. It's this is just an ego trip. This is not good. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones, like you, Brady leaves, you know, it's, it's documented, you know, that horrible loss to Tennessee. And you basically tell Tom, yep, you're done. Whatever, hit the road. We don't want you anymore. Kraft makes the call and sides with his coach. And I bet you right now there are days when Kraft tosses and turns and says, I should have went with Tom. But went with his coach. And now you have seen what it's grown into. It's grown into a circus. It's it's not good. They spent a ton of money on tight ends. Let's not forget when they had all that money, they brought in Hunter Henry John Smith, who isn't even there anymore, and a bunch of other stuff, you know. Now, mind you, Kendrick Bourne isn't bad, you know. Nelson Aguilar, I don't know what that was, but you know, <laughs> they brought in these pieces that really didn't fit, but it was, uh, but it was still the we can pick stuff up off the junk, off out of the junkyard, and turn it into greatness. Now, when you were doing that, you had the greatest of all time, and it was a different culture. This this culture isn't there. The Patriot way doesn't exist anymore. It's done. It's done. Anyone who wants to say that it's still there is lying to themselves. That defense plays hard, but you're running those guys into the ground. It wouldn't surprise me by the end of the year if guys are screaming, get me out of here because it's not working. Bill needs to understand that the NFL is different now. The NFL is not what it used to be. You know, back in the heyday of New England – Back when he was with the Giants and all that, the time has come to move on and join the modern NFL. And if he doesn't do that, this franchise is just going to fall deeper, deeper into despair. And those six banners that are up there are going to mean less and less to people because they're going to say, you know what? We had the greatest of all time coach, and this is what he did. Because all he wants to do is beat Shula. Let's be realistic. He needs what one win to tie him, I believe, and then one to beat him. He wants to beat Shula. That's all he cares about is that coaching record. Yeah, it's time to look at it and say maybe change. Uh, I would agree with that, and I would love nothing more than just to watch that just crumble down and burn. So much hard, you, so much you, hard. You've waited, you've waited twenty plus years for the downfall. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Mine is a little different because I was in there, so I know. It's, yeah. it's like I broke. It's like I broke out of the cult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I was in the cult. For so long, I was in there from the beginning, and then you know they did something wrong, and I was like, "Nope, that's not right." The light went off, and I said, "I got to get out." <laughs> and luckily, Tom came to Tampa, and I'm living life with Baker Bay. I'm living life, but yeah, that's what has to happen. Like it was horrible. Like Mac Jones, I don't, I don't know what Mac Jones was doing out there. And and it it makes you really scratch your head. Why they bother having that whole tiff with Bailey Zappi in the offseason where they cut him, but then they bring him back. It's like, if you don't like Mac Jones, just get rid of Mac Jones. It shouldn't be that hard to replace him. (laughs) You were looking, you were looking in the offseason to trade him. It's, it's not common knowledge. So you should have just pulled the trigger. If you don't like him, then fine. So instead you keep him there and the guy's probably playing on pins and needles and, What's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Mac Jones is going to end up leaving there. He's going to end up going somewhere else, and he's going to end up lighting it up. And yeah. everyone's going to look at Belichick and be like, "Yep, yep, I guess, yep." You that he was the he was the one who tore who tore the the legacy down. He's the guy who took Belichick out. It was one of his own. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's um, be realistic. All right, and now on to this rather oddity of a Sunday night game to wrap up the weekend. And I don't know what happened in this game. I think the spirit of Zach Wilson somehow possessed possessed its way into Patrick Mahomes' Cheerios or something. <laughs> Either that or Zach was like, man, I'm going to lose my job. I better do something and do it quick. Um, I'll be honest, I felt bad for the kid. I, I really wanted him to pull this out. Uh, I, I won't lie. I really did. I, I wanted I wanted America to wake up in the morning and be like, what? Because, you know, a lot of people were probably like, yeah, whatever. We know what's going to happen. You know, oh, there's your there. There's your ulterior motive. You wanted, <laughs> you wanted Patrick, you wanted Patrick Mahomes to have a big Monday morning stain on his t-shirt. I wanted, I wanted all the Swifties to be like, so what happened? I thought Travis was good. You know, that's what I was shooting for. But um, at the end of the day, I don't know. I think you know the hold call was a little ticky tack on Sauce. Mm. Um, kind of reminded me of the um, Super Bowl call uh, last year with um, was that Bradbury? I believe. Yeah. Oh. So I, I thought your tin foil hats on, boys and girls. <laughs> hey, I'm not. Hey, man, what happens in the league happens. I just found it kind of entertaining, you know, a little interesting. But at the end of the day. You know, you could have picked a couple things. You know, there was the touchdown to Conklin, and he dropped. There was yeah. the Mosley um, interception drop. You know, that you could have went a couple ways. You know, there were a couple instances where the Jets had a chance. So, yeah, if you say that you insert Aaron Rodgers in there, it's different. It is what it is. But I think this showed the heart of the Jets. You know, the, those guys are rallying around the kids, so I give them all the credit. You know, they're there. For Zach, but I also think you know the the Chiefs are aren't looking as unbeatable as people probably thought they were going to be. You know, I think if you've got a solid defense, you got a you got a chance to beat them. It's just those little plays that you know Mahomes gets to make. You know, I don't know how you let him run twenty plus yards to pick up the first down, but it is what it is. So. <laughs> And for a game in which the Jets did get so many of these little itty-bitty plays to keep them in it, I've never seen a, a look on anyone's face more than on that more than Salah that just has the appearance of a defeated man. <laughs> and Sunday night was a relatively good overall performance, and he still looked like his soul was lost. I think because he knew he they should he felt they should have won this game. You know, I think when he went down, you know, down to the sideline there and got the penalty at just to end the game, mm. I think that's what he wanted to do. He's like, you know, I'm just going to yeah. end this. I don't need to see them kneel again. He's like, you know, so he gets the penalty. They're on the clock out, and that's it. So I'm sure his presser is going to be interesting. There's no doubt, and I'm pretty sure there'll be some fines for so for the lovely language that he used. But you know what? That's what your head coach does. He goes to bat for you, and you know, he's he had. He has gone to bat, especially for Zach Wilson, over the last four weeks. Uh, this for this game, it's warranted. You know, Zach, he played a hell of a game. You know, he he did his best. Unfortunately, you know, he didn't get a chance to you know pull it out. But all they can do is grow from this. It's about the best thing. That's there's no such thing as a moral victory, I guess, in this situation. Yeah. So they'll take what they can from it and move on. Chiefs need to kind of look at look at their end of it and say, hey, you know, there's no reason that we should have let this team stay in. Um, our offensive line is an issue. That offensive line is a problem. I don't care what anybody says. There's going to be a point when the Mahomes magic isn't going to be enough. Jawan Taylor is an issue for that offensive line. So <laughs> He's pretty they're, He's had a rough one so far. <laughs> yeah, the most penalized, you know, accepted penalties in the league. So he's there's some issues there, and they need to get them fixed quick because that could flip on them in the playoffs big time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a commitment to Zach, is this kind of normally the expression? Of course, is a blessing in disguise. 
but is this almost a curse in disguise? Like him playing well. Okay. All power to him. He had a, he had a, he had a very, he had a very productive game Sunday night, but is this a situation where Zach playing well means they're not going to bench him. They're not going to move on. They're not going to try to get cousins or Winston or whoever may become available. Is this kind of just like, uh, it's probably better for the jets for them to crash and burn. So they have no choice, but to move on. I think it really depends on how they see their season. If they still feel they've got a chance, then maybe they make a move. But if they're just, you know, basically the big plan from the very beginning was you bring Rodgers in, he helps develop Wilson. Rodgers, it's a two, three-year gig. He leaves, you know, hopefully with a Super Bowl, and then Wilson takes over. You know, basically that that seemed to be what the plan was was constructed to be. Maybe they say, you know what? Let's just forget it. We're just going to crash and burn with the kid. See what happens. Or they see it's tough because if the kid starts winning, they're not going to pull. They're not going to pull no. the rug from underneath them. So it's almost to the point where now you have to say, yeah, you stick with them. Yeah, I think I think they probably do stick with them because if you yank it from underneath them now. I think it's a lost cause yeah. at this point. The, much to the ire of many Jets fans' eyes. <laughs> exactly. He would, t- for them to do it, he would have had to have really blown this game. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? You had four games. You couldn't do it. We're bringing somebody, and we're going to work on it, and that's it. But because of how well he played today, they're going to they're stick it out. Sal is going to stick with them. That's just the kind of coach he is. Yeah. Uh, from Kansas City side, uh, obviously, there's a lot of this game for them to work out and figure out what went wrong uh, that even left the Jets in a position to possibly take this take this mm-hmm. W from them. But I'll be a little bit positive for this one. And we've seen a lot of flashes from Isaiah Pacheco uh, being a you know explosive kind of back, a bulldozer kind of back. A lot of things to like as far as potential goes, but he really never had. He really has had like that game where he looked like a dominant workhorse back. This this game against the Jets, he every every time he every time he looked at the ball, it felt like he got 15 yards. So was this kind of Isaiah Pacheco's coming out party? Like, hey, I'm the workhorse. Give me the ball. I'm gonna truck and get 120 yards every game every week. He's not gonna do that every week. The reason they ran him like that. Was because the Jets, so bad. De- the Jets defense. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. The Jets defense, they were in the backfield literally almost every play. They had to run the ball. They couldn't let Pat. Patrick was not going to sit there and do what he does and have the time to throw the ball. Because let's be realistic. The majority of games, he's pretty much able to sit back there. He may have to make a quick little move, but he can sit in the pocket somewhat comfortably. The Jets gave him no time to sit in the pocket. So they had to run the ball, you know, and it was all Pachenko. Like you barely, Alaire had what? I don't even know how many carries, not many. I saw one that I remember. So it could have been more than five. (laughs) Yeah. So it was basically Pachenko. And yeah, he's built so he can handle that, you know, you know, the rugged, you know, banging and stuff like that. But no, this isn't going to be an every week thing for him. This is the, okay, we need some help. Patrick can't sit in the pocket. Let's run the ball. That's what it is. So even even if the numbers aren't there, just the commitment to running to running the ball with Pacheco, you think it was just more of an anomaly than uh, something that's going to be consistent. He's going to go right back to his 40, 50-yard games, and maybe he gets a touchdown one out of every three weeks. Yeah, and I think it's a bad move. I think they need to use him and really commit to the run. I think, first of all, it's going to extend Patrick's career, let's be honest. Yeah. Because there's going to a point be a point where he does not he's not able to do, you know, do the Super running man. out of bounds and all the fancy stuff. He's going to get older. It's just how it goes. And I don't see him rocking the TV12, you know, formula to stay alive, eating only, you know, avocado ice cream and, you know, I don't think that's his gig. I'm sure he'll be healthy and such, but there's going to be a point when he's not going to be able to do what he does. So if you want to sit there and keep him healthy, especially towards the playoff run, run a little more. I don't think they run enough, but 
you know, it's all, you know, gravy right now, but it takes one hit or one high ankle sprain that he won't be able to come back from. I'll take him out for three to four weeks that can affect this team season. So I wish Tom patented patented that the TB12 formula to stay alive. <laughs> I'm at, seriously, you do that, boom, man. People might be living to about 112, 113. You know, eating avocado ice cream and you're, you know, you're elderly, you're good to go. I might have to start, get that going now. Yeah. <laughs> I can get to 105, 106 and be like, yep, thanks, TB12. Appreciate it. But yeah, that's the thing. I think they don't commit to the run as much as they should. But, you know, that's Andy Reid. Likes the fun stuff. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Let's pivot to uh, Monday night. Mm-hmm. And the Meadowlands get some action two nights in a row. They just they they just had this Jets game. And now the Giants are, are uh, serving up some home cooking to Seattle coming into town. Uh, I'm a little skeptical of this game. The line's super low. I think it's only one and a half. Uh, Seahawks may even it may even be going to the Giants for home field, which I can't even fathom. That Seattle's had a couple couple wonky moments early this season, but for the mm-hmm. most part, they've been pretty solid. And Kenny Walker has been an absolute animal. I mean, I, I, like to me, I'd, I'd I'd be shocked if this isn't a repeat of that Dallas game where the Giants got embarrassed. Maybe not. Maybe not forty, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, Seattle basically dominating time of possession and just with Saquon, Saquon I don't believe is playing in this game either. So it's going to be up to Danny Dimes and the um, collective wide receiver unit that's there. Matt Breida, you know, stepping in for Saquon. They just can't make mistakes. They have to control the clock. And they've, they've got to score when the opportunity arises. They really have to. They can't play from behind. So if they let Seattle, you know, start off quick, you know, a couple touchdown lead, if they're down 14, 17, nothing. Now, Danny Dimes has done it before. You know, I can't say that they can't do it, but I don't think they're built to regularly, you know, come back from 17 to 20 points down all the time. Uh, they need to – their defense needs to play fast, Um Smart lay off the stupid penalties. They're home, so you got to give them a puncher's chance. But I don't know. It's it's going to be a tall order, but who knows? Seattle might walk in and just throw up and just throw goose egg up and just yeah, they might just throw up a egg and nothing happens. Uh, but no, you're right. You know, their run game is solid. You know, anytime you got DK Metcalf, you know, you got a chance. So. It'll be an, it'll be entertaining. I'm hoping for an entertaining game. Yeah. Um. What well, if you had to put a number on it? What's your uh, best estimation for Kenny Walker's numbers, yards and touchdowns? Wow. Um, yards and touchdowns. I'll give him. Do I think he cracks the century mark? Giants defense is it's a decent unit, but no, I think he. I'll give him. I'll give him like 95 yards and two scores. Oh, fine. I'll give him two scores. I think, you know, I think Seattle will be able to move the ball. They'll probably get, you know, goal line touches. So I think, I think it could be 95 and two scores. Yeah. I'm honestly, if that's the case, I think that's a recipe for success. And they'll, 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 they'll put a crooked number on the Giants. Yeah. Now, with my luck, he'll he'll run for forty five and one, and it'll be like this horrible. Like, I'm just a jinx, and he doesn't do anything. But no, I'm giving him close to a hundred and two. Well, scores. that's better than than my luck. With my luck, he bust his ankle on the on the second possession. Yeah, that's true, man. You jinx them, they get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anyone, man, don't let don't let Nutmeg know your team, man, because he'll talk it up, and next thing you know, that's it. The IR is coming for um, your. team. I always coming for your squad, man. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we had we had some uh, potential injury situations, but I think we avoided them largely this week. Uh, there's certainly a lot of surprises and excitement we got, and some uh, some some teams that are in kind of bitter waters and uh, need need some deep soul searching and and answering to the uh, great unknown. 
<laughs> they need to no, they need to turn it around and win like four in a row. They need to go like four and zero oh in the next quarter because right now some teams who you thought were going to be playoff teams may not be making it. it this is going to be pivotal. This next four games is going to be pivotal for some teams. Amen to that. Hope everyone enjoyed week four. Bucks McGee, take us off air. Week four, nothing but fun and entertainment. Uh, wow. Wow. I just feel bad. Feel bad for Jets fans. I'm there for you. Feeling it. You guys were close. It's coming. It's coming for you guys. Everyone else, enjoy the Monday night game. We will be back soon to give you our quality, quality assessments of the NFL. Um, whether they're right or wrong is your call. But hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.